perfectly made. God placed his most cherished creation and made in his likeness his treasured possession, his reflection. But man turned himself away, refused his love, fell into darkness. Then his love reached through the night and dawned a brand new day. Good evening. Uh, please take your hymnal and turn to number 57. Number 57 at Calvary. We'll sing the first and last verse. Number 57. Stop. Oh, she stopped. <laughs> well, we're going digital tonight. Our piano players are uh, absent, but thank God for technology when it works. Praise God for it. Yeah, plan C. I'm playing a lot of C. <laughs> Let's begin with a word of prayer tonight. Father, we do thank you for allowing us to be in your house. We are thankful for our piano players and pray you bless them tonight. And uh, we're thankful that we had a good service this morning and, uh, Pray that you just bless tonight, be with the message as preached, be with Brother Pete as he brings the, the annual report to us, financial report, the fellowship afterwards of uh, fellowship, food, and testimony. I pray in all these things that Christ would be honored and glorified. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As I mentioned uh, here in just a little bit, I will cut my, the sermon a little shorter than normal, and uh, we are having our quarterly business meeting and being the last Sunday of the month, first month of the year. That's our typical time when we have our quarterly business meeting, so the sermon will run about 15, 20 minutes shorter than normal, so we'll have plenty of time for Brother Pete to present uh, his information for us as members, 
Uh, those of you who are not members, you're welcome to stay. Of course, obviously, you can't contribute or vote, uh, so it's obviously a members-only meeting at pretty much at that point after the message. Also, don't forget that after, this, after the, the message and the quarterly uh, business meeting, we'll have a Bible reading ice cream fellowship for all of you who uh, signed up to read your Bible and read it through. And really, the encouragement of that is just to kind of not only have time of fellowship and food, but really share maybe what God has done in your life uh, through reading the Bible. I'm excited to hear some testimonies of maybe what God did in your life and encourage you to share some of those this evening. Don't forget also tomorrow we have men's breakfast at 9 a.m. is our, in our normal time, a normal place at the 43rd Street Deli right down the road there, just a few minutes by Zaxby's. I hope you can meet us there at 9 a.m. Thursday, we'll, of course, we'll have our men's Bible study. Uh, Saturday, February the 3rd, a uh, baby shower in honor of Tia Bozer and the birth of their son, uh, Zachary. That's the sign-up sheet there in the back at 11, 11 a.m. Uh, Friday, the, February the 9th, 6.30 p.m., we'll have our Phoebe Valentine dinner. Uh, please sign up for that and pay Jocelyn $10, $10 per person. This is for men and women, okay? This is not just for men. This is primarily for couples, but obviously anybody, anybody in the church is welcome to come. So it is for anybody who would like to come. I encourage you to be a part of that. No, it's always a blessing. Uh, Saturday, February the 15th, uh, we'll have our visitation ministry from 10 to 12. And, men to, and as I mentioned uh, this morning, one of the activities the men do on a regular basis is we have the opportunity to go up to Lake Park and participate in the Men's Venture of Faith Retreat. And it's always a good activity. We always have good food, good fellowship, and always good preaching. If you've never been to that, I've been four times. I've been blessed four times. I've been challenged a good time every time, and I am going by the grace of God again. There's a sign-up sheet there in the back. I'll let you know, men, the exact cost of going just one day or going two days, but let me encourage you to be a part of that. I know it will be a blessing to you. And for one more time, I will announce the sign-up for 2023 tax receipts on the back table and the 2024 tithing envelopes are on the back table as well. Brother Keith. All right, please stand again and take your hymnal and turn to 56, the old rugged cross, number 56. We're going to sing the first and last of this as well, number 56. But that one was, we're supposed to be singing Old Rugged Cross. It's close. Yes. Yeah, that's one ahead.
fellowship with one another. As you're making your way back to your seats, you can turn to 149, 149 in your hymnal. Number 149, Because He Lives. We're going to sing the first and last of this one as well. Verses 1 and 3 of number 149.
Brother George, would you pray for our tithes and offering tonight? Amen. Keep that in mind, and afterwards we'll have an invitation, and then the, we'll go right into the business meeting. But Joshua chapter 1 tonight, Joshua chapter 1, we began this last time, talking about the importance of this transition uh, between Moses, the man of God, and then Joshua. Of course, Joshua exhibited uh, many, many attributes of a godly person, godly man. Uh, and that's why he was led into leadership. Leadership doesn't just happen. Uh, leadership is a process. Of course, we see that throughout their history of Moses. When they went to the promised land, how Joshua was used really as a right-hand man so many times. He was one of the two who said, uh, let's go into the promised land. After about 11 days of travel, and they could have went into the Jordan River. They did into Jordan. They didn't cross the Jordan River into the the promised land. They didn't because of their disobedience. Of course, Caleb was with them. The other, spy, other spies said, no, we shouldn't go. And because a lot of times majority rules doesn't mean majority's right. And that's, that's a good lesson in life. Just because the majority of people say a certain thing doesn't mean the majority's right. And that's, that's a very important lesson. But one of the things we learn about in these first couple of verses, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake in the Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Two times, twice, in two verses, it, meant, it mentions that Moses is a servant of the Lord. And, of course, uh, that is a great good attribute to have. If it could be said of any of us at the end of our life that we were servants of the God, that would be a mouthful. What does it mean to be a servant? Of course, I'm talking primarily, I believe, tonight to church people, to Christian folks. And as I talked about this morning, the importance of all of us uh, taking things out of our spiritual house and replacing them with things that are good. One of the things all of us could strive to be better at is the area of being a servant. What does it mean to be a servant? What are the attributes of being a servant? I'm going to give you several this evening. First of all, to be a servant means he rejoices in the Lord. It's not a sourpuss. Not always negative, not always down, not always sour, not always when the sky's blue, he said, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn, turn gray. 
He's not always negative. As I mentioned this morning, all of us go, of us go through times of, of sadness and sorrow. But a Christian's per, primary disposition should not always be negative or sour or, or, or uh, sad. It should be glad. And we've talked about many verses this morning. And it has to do with the heart. A lot of times the reason why the face is sad is because the heart isn't right. I'll say it again. A lot of times the reason the face isn't is sad is because the heart is, is, isn't right. And the heart is the spiritual, the, 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 the inner part of a person's being. A servant of the Lord should, be, uh, should rejoice in the Lord, should be glad in the Lord, should praise the Lord. And that's important. Psalm 40 and verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. You shouldn't have the servant, oh, I, got, I had to go to church this morning. If my wife, I didn't go, my wife would have nagged me all week long. Oh, I had to go because that preacher, I'm sure he just said something to me next Sunday. No, dear friend, you don't have to come to church tonight. You get to come to church. There's thousands and thousands that would love to come to a church where they have air conditions and nice chairs and nice carpet in a beautiful location, and they can't. They're meeting in the woods, shivered around a fire, cold, singing, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. There's churches right now singing that, but they don't have a half of the nicest places in our facility. So we get to, we get to. Servant rejoices in the Lord. Secondly, he chooses to be righteous. He chooses to be righteous. What does it mean to be righteous? He chooses to do what's right. Do you choose every day to do what's right? Every day you have before you an opportunity to choose to do wrong or choose to do right. Romans chapter 7 verse 6. But now we're delivered from the law that being dead wherein we are held, that we would serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. You don't have to, you're not chained by sin. Today you're free from sin. And you choose every day to be obedient to God or disobedient to God. A lot of times we trip up on the mistakes or the failures of, the, of yesterday without realizing that the grace of God, the forgiveness of God, and, and each day is a new blank page where we can live for God. Choose to live righteous. Second, thirdly, he's resolute. He's resolved, he's chosen to serve the Lord and only him. If, if his family won't serve the Lord, he's going to choose to serve the Lord. If his friends don't choose to serve the Lord, he's not going to serve the Lord. It bothers me when I constantly see families who when one person's sick, everybody else don't come. Well, dear friend, if, if one person's sick, the other person should come if they're not sick. I mean, that just makes right. I knew this family one time. They had like eight or nine people in the family. If one of them was sick, the whole family wouldn't show up at church. It's like, did you all get sick at the same time? I was like, what, what is that? No, dear friend, a relationship with Jesus is you and Jesus alone. It's not you, your mom, your dad, your brother, your skunk. Your, well, I can't go into all that. It's between you and God. Go. You be resolute. Nothing's going to keep me from doing right. Not friend, not family, not foe, not the flesh, not the world, not the devil. By the grace of God, I'm going to choose to do right, as Bob Jones Sr. said, to the stars fall. I'm going to choose. I've made a decision. Not just because I'm a preacher, but because I'm a Christian. I'm going to be in God's house every time the doors open. Why? Because it's God's will for my life. 
I know I'm preaching to the choir almost literally. <laughs> but we, as we are faithful, it produces faithfulness in other people. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 24, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and else and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Number four, he's restrained. He's restrained. A man of God or a woman of God is a person of humility. Now, not false humility like we talked about this morning. I'm just a poor soul. I'm just so humble, and I want everybody else to know my humility. No, that's false humility. And it's fake, and it's, tr it's not transparent, and it's not, it's not righteous. Actually, it's wicked. We ought to be hu humble. Humble ourselves. Humble. The Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Pride is the enemy of, of God. Humility, there's grace. There's beauty in that. Acts chapter 20 and verse 19, serving the Lord with all humility of mind, with many tears and temptations will fail me, lying away of the Jews. The old great D.O. Moody, the preacher, said, The measure of man is not how many servants he has, but how many men he serves. How many people do you serve? How many people do you serve? Do you serve others? In your home, do you, men, do you serve your wife? He said, I'm the king. I'd beat my chest and say, me, me Tarzan, you Jane. Well, we'll see how long that's going to last. I do marriage counsel for free, by the way. You start beating your chest through like that. It ain't, it ain't gonna last very long. It ain't gonna last very long. No, be humble. Be humble. You know. Fifth, he has regard for others. He cares about others. It's not me, 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 me. No joy is Jesus, others, and then you. Put that in right priority. Jesus, not you, then others. His regard for others. The servant of the Lord loves people. Do you love people? The second commandment in the Bible is love thy neighbor as thyself. You say, preacher, man, I love God, but I don't love people. That's not, that's not Bible. That's not Bible. That's contradictory to the Bible. Love God with all their heart, soul, and mind, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Well, man, people have a lot of problems. And dear friend, you do too. You, just don't, you haven't admitted them yet. We're all sinners here saved by the grace of God. We all need to love God and love other people. We need to do that. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For brethren, we have not been called into liberty, but only use your liberty for occasion of the flesh, but to love, but to love to serve one another. Love other people. Six, he's respectable and refrained towards others. He's patient and gentle with others, especially those who are immature. In every church, there's those who are just now are babies in Christ. Meaning they're just learning what it means. All of us have been there. I remember almost 35 years ago when I first came to church and I wore those cloth ties. Or those ties that weren't what they're supposed to be. And I changed them. Didn't wear one ever again. I, mean, I remember those. Remember those days. But you know, you grow in the grace and knowledge of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He's supposed to, he's to, he's to, he's to respect them, refrain, he's patient and gentle towards others, especially those who are immature. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 24, and the servant of the Lord must not strive and be gentle towards all men. Are you gentle towards all men? Are you patient towards people? Are you patient? Do you have patience towards folks? Oh, dear friend, if you ever want, you want, ever want some trials, start praying for patience. Start praying for patience. Number seven, he's responsible. Oh, man, I could preach a whole sermon on this. Are you responsible for something? Are you responsible? If somebody gives you a task, do you, do you actually do it? Do you write it down? Do you remember it? 
Do you think about it? Do you dwell it? Do you do it to the best of your ability? Mom said, if, you don't, if, you don't, if, you, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing to the very best of your ability. Do it to your best of your ability. Now, your best might not be the best of somebody else, but at least do your best. Be responsible. Do people give you a task so they know you'll do it? Uh, do, do you usually show up on time? Or, or are you known as somebody who's always late to everything? Are you known as somebody who's responsible, who would do the, the best at the, at the tasks they're being given? Colossians chapter 3 and verse 22, Servants, obey in all things your master according to the flesh, not with eye servant as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. Eight, he's responsive. He's responsive. In, in, it, says, it means God's servant is obedient to the Lord and authorities around him. When, the, when you... When you are, are challenged by the word of God? Do you respond? Do you respond in obedience to the word of God? Or when you hear the word of God, do you say, we say, well, you know, I know what the Bible says, but I'm gonna do it my own way. Do you respond? Every, you know, every time the word of God is preached or taught, especially in the preaching, there's a response. Everybody responds. You either respond by not listening or respond by hearing, but doing anything about it, or hearing and responding to it. Are you responsive? We should be. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 5, 7, be obedient to them that are your masters according to flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ. You mean to see my, you see, you mean to see preacher, the boss at work, I'm supposed to obey as unto the Lord? That's what it says. Wives, you're supposed to be obedient to your own husbands as unto the Lord. You say, well, man, that's, that's sure, that changes everything. It sure does. We're supposed to obey like we're supposed to obey others, authorities that God has placed in our, in our life as unto the Lord himself. Number nine, the servant is refreshing. Not only, not only obeys the Lord, but he desires to please the Lord and, and to serve others. It's refreshing. Proverbs 25, verse 13, As the cold of the snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refreshes the soul of his masters. Are you someone who, who, who people want to be around? Or are you someone who you, people don't want to be around? Are you critical? Are you gossiper? Are you a talebearer? Are you negative? Can people understand what you're, which direction you're going in life? Are you clear? Are you passionate? Do you care? Are you, are you refreshing? So number 10, he's a, he's a regular. You're, you're regular in the fact that you... People can trust in you. You show up. You show up. There's a core of people in the church. I know every time we have a service, you're going to show up. Praise God for it. When I go Mondays and sometimes Thursdays down to Sundays to, to encourage folks and show up, there are people down there called the regulars. They sit, they're the same folks who sit in the same booth every time. When you go in there, you know they are, you know their names, you know what, you know what drink they like. You know what food they're going to eat is pretty much the same thing. What did God, the Christians were regular. Regular in their service to God. You know where they're going to be. You know what they're going to be doing. You know they're going to be faithful. A, the Bible says a faithful man who can find. Why does it say like that? Because it's hard to find faithful folks. It's hard to find faithful folks. We ought to be regular in our service. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, more was required in servants and stewards that a man be found faithful. 11, the servant of the Lord relinquishes his will to Christ. 
He relinquishes his will to Christ. It's like Christ prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, not my will, but thy will be done. Oh, you have a will, you have a desire, you have a goal, you have, you, you have a, a plan, and that's, that's nothing wrong with that. But do you allow your plan, your goals, your dreams to be changed with God's plans, God's goals, God's dreams for you? Sometimes <laughs> that's his plans, dear friend, is always better than our plans. It's always better. John chapter 12, verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there you also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. You please the Lord when you submit your will to God's will. And how do we know his will? By knowing his word. And his word never contradicts his will. They're always a match together. They're, they're, they're consistent with one another. So as you know the word of God, you know the will of God. So obey the will of God, even contrary to the way you want to go. Go God's way, and you'll always be successful, even though it may not seem successful to the world or to others. Obedience to, to the Lord is paramount. Number 12, the servant of the Lord is ready to serve. He's ready. He's prepared to serve. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 21, If a man therefore purge himself of these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, meet for the master's use, prepared unto every good work. Are you prepared to serve the Lord? Or you say, well, uh, I, I want to serve the Lord, but. Oh, I, I, I'd like to do this, but. I or I, oh, you, I, you should be, we should be ready, prepared. If there's an opportunity, to serve the Lord. If I came to you or somebody else came to you, hey, can you, so-and-so's not here tonight, could you do it? Oh, preacher, that's out of my comfort zone. Okay. How about ask God for the ability to do it one time? I remember the first time my preacher came to me and said, I want you to teach middle school boys. Oh, my soul. They know more of the Bible than I do. They've heard the, they've heard the scriptures more than I have. But you want me to do it? Man, it's uncomfortable getting in front of these seven uh, middle school boys every week. But what was he doing? He was preparing me to do what I'm doing right now, to get in front of the people, prepare a message, and teach others. That's what I do for a living now. If, if somebody was coming to you and say, okay, can you, so-and-so didn't come tonight, could you do something? Would you say, I can't do that because I'm just not... No, are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you ready to share the gospel with someone? You know, we always should be ready to be able to share with others the hope that lies within us. You say, well, preacher, I'm not you. No, dear friend, you can't be you. God doesn't want me to, you to be me. He wants you to be you. But are you ready to share the gospel where you're at? Prepared. Someone may come to you tomorrow and ask you how to be saved. What would you say to them? Uh, go call Pastor Moon. No. Go call Sister Angie. No. Hey, we'll call Pete Rivera. No, I'm going to call Jimmy. No, no, dear friend. You're the person right there that wants to, God wants to use to speak to him. Will you share the gospel with him? If you're not prepared, you won't be able to do it. Number 13, he raises up the Lord in his life. He exalts and magnifies the Lord and tells those who are lost about the Savior. He raises the Lord up. Wherever he go, he talks about Jesus. And whatever crowd you are, do you lift up Jesus Christ? Do people at your work know you serve Jesus, you're a Christian? Do people that, you, that you, when you go around to the places shopping, do people know you love Jesus? Do people pull beside you in a car know you love Jesus? Does your family know you love Jesus? 
Is the, is the love of Christ evident in your life or is the love of the world evident in your life by your actions your, and your attitude? Who, do you raise Christ up? John the Baptist said he must increase, but I must decrease. Number 15, he's reachable. He's reachable and has a reason for living. He has a reason for living. He has a purpose, has a goal, has a plan. Even if you are retired, God bless you in your retirement. You ought to have a reason, a purpose. Why do I get up in the morning? Why do I do what I do? Every day you should have a, a reason why you get up and, and have a plan and a goal to make that day significant. And when somebody at the end of the day asks you what you did, you should have to say you did something. You accomplished something. You accomplished something. Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 25, by faith, Moses, when he was a, come to the years, refused to be called the son of a da, uh, Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer the affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. A lazy man says, I'm going to do what I want today. I ain't got no plan, got no goal. Now, that's okay if you're on vacation. That's nothing wrong. Every, not, every one of us needs a little vacation time, a relaxed time, a little downtime. But your vacation time should not be your lifetime. should not be your lifetime. Number 15, as I close, he relieves the load of others. He relieves the load of others. Do you take burdens off of other people? Or do you load people with burdens? Are you a burden bearer? Somebody, somebody, you could be somebody that someone would come to and say, hey, dear sister, dear brother, can I, I, wanna, I need you to pray for me because I have this burden. And you would listen to them because people know you pray, you care. You show compassionate, all these things we talked about before. Or do you, do you load people constantly with burdens? Are you constantly going to people with the problems and issues and difficulties? Or do people come to you because they know you will listen and care and pray for those problems? What type of person are we? The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, Bear you one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially unto them who are the household of faith. Oh, dear friend, these characteristics of servant to, to, are they in us? Are they in us? I hope they are. These are characteristics. And if something, something that was said tonight struck a chord in your life or you're lacking, how about choose to do something about it? Whatever it was of those 15 characteristics of being a servant, whatever area it was, choose to do something about it tonight. Not next week, not next month, but by the grace of God tonight. Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you for salvation, which is so rich and so free. We ask tonight, God, you speak to our hearts. Lord, we're all challenged in this area of being a servant. It's easy to be selfish. It's easy to be slothful. It's easy to be uh, unconcerned and uncaring and be so much like the world, which is so self-focused. But Lord, help us to be Christ-like, who was and is the ultimate servant. Help us to be like you, with head bowed and eyes closed. Maybe want someone this evening say, Preacher, there's an area that you mentioned tonight. The Holy Spirit of God pricked my heart about this area of servitude that I'm not what I should be. Would you pray for me? That by the grace of God, I choose tonight to be better in that specific area. Would you pray for me? 
God willing, I want to change. Anyone at all this evening? God spoke to me about a specific area in my life. I need to change. Be better in this area of servitude. Would you pray for me? That God would help me. Let's stand to our feet. As the invitation hymn is played, if God has spoken to your heart tonight about a specific area, you need to change. I'm talking to husbands. I'm talking to wives. I'm talking to teenagers. Is there an area in your life that needs to change? I'm too slothful. Are you willing to change? I'm too lazy. Are you willing to change? I don't care about others the way I should. Are you willing to change? Well, dear friend, if you're not willing to change, you're not willing to do God's will. Tonight, the opportunity is before you. Are you willing to do God's will in your life tonight? Father, we thank you for tonight. Thank you for this brief message. Short as it is, it convicts my heart that I ought to be, ought to be better in this area of servitude. Home, the church. God, I, I know your desire in, in my life is to love you more, to love people more, to care more, to make you more compassionate. Oh God, I pray that as you give me opportunities to help me to be so, I pray you convict each of us as we desire to love you more and to love others more to be a blessing.